All right, look at verse 23 of Ezekiel chapter 22. And while I'm reading this passage, I want you to kind of think about our government and our leaders. Because that's what a lot of these verses remind me of. And it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Doesn't that remind you of the government right there? You know, taking the treasure, making widows. You know, and that just reminds me of our government. Verse 26, her priests have violated my law. And this time they had the priests and the judges. They were often the leaders. And they, you know, they're violating the law. We see our leaders violating the law, violating the Constitution. So it reminds me of, it says, and have profaned mine holy things and have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither they show difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbath and I am profaned among them. For princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. There's one thing that upsets God and it upsets me is whenever people say God said and God didn't say it. That's called stealing God's words when you do that. That is a very wicked thing to do. We often hear people saying, you know, you know, God says we should do this. God says we should do that. And if the Bible doesn't say it, God didn't say it. And we have no right to add to that. It says in verse 29, The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. So God said, I, you know, He doesn't want to destroy this city. He wants to spare it, but He needs somebody to stand in the gap. He needs somebody to make up a hedge, somebody who's not participating in all this junk, somebody who's standing against the wickedness that's going on. And sadly, in this case, God said, I found none. And therefore, my wrath was poured out. My indignation was on them. And I believe in our country today, we need people to make up a hedge and stand in the gap. I mean, the amount of wickedness that is going on in our country and that is being promoted, it's just its out of hand. It's out of control. And I believe that God is still looking for that. There is no reason, prophetically or anything, that God can't just destroy our nation. We have asked for it. We have been begging for the judgment of God for decades. And we, we ought to be thanking God that we're not under His wrath right now and that God has not destroyed America with the type of junk that's going on, with all the abortions and the millions and millions of babies that are being killed, with the perversion that is being promoted and celebrated in this country. We should be shocked that we have not been destroyed yet. Especially when you consider how good God has been to our country. When you consider how blessed we are. And I'm preaching this right now because we are going into an election. And you say, oh great, this is a tell us how to vote message. Well, I'm actually, the title of my message is how to make your vote count. Because let me tell you something. I'm getting, you know, you hear me talk about the Fox News Baptist a lot, alright? In case you don't know what a Fox News Baptist is, a Fox News Baptist, it's a Baptist who thinks they take strong stands on issues, but they will not, they will only take a strong stand on something that they know Fox News has got their back. If they know mainstream Republicans 
will support them and go along. They'll make a bold stand as long as the Republican Party is behind them. But let me tell you something about the Republican Party. They're not very good. Alright? In fact, there's some pretty bad people in there. And let me tell you something, their stands are pretty weak. Alright? I'm not impressed with them one bit. And I'm kind of tired of these people telling me, you know, how important it is that I just get out there, you know, this November and just vote. And I'm thinking, why? You know, who's on the ballot that's going to change anything? I mean, most of the people I've looked into are pretty wicked themselves. And just because they got a Republican on their name, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. And we've got these Fox News Republican Baptists. They think that the solution to all America's problems is voting in Republicans. And I'm sorry, that is not going to make the difference. That is not, that is not what matters. What matters, there, there are actually more effective ways that we all vote. And it's not just every two years or, or every year. There, we actually vote every day of our lives in ways that really matter. And these, this is what I want to focus on because I want to make a difference in this country. I want things to change in this country. I want us to get better leaders in this country. But let me tell you something about politicians, Republicans and Democrats. I don't care what they are. Our leaders are a mirror reflection of the districts that they represent. And you know what? That ought to shame all of us. They are a mirror reflection. It does not matter if they are Democrat or Republican. They have proven that over and over and over again. The Bible says, you know, the king, you know, that the king's heart, it's in the hand of God. He turneth it as rivers of water wheresoever he will. Okay? What is going to determine the direction our country goes and the way our leaders make laws, it depends on the people. And we've got a lot of these Fox News Baptists. They have decided that the way to change things in this country is we've got to fix the political leaders and we've got to get the right political leaders. That is not what's going to fix this country. We've got to focus on our local communities and just getting the people in our churches right with God, getting souls saved in the community, promoting morality and decencies and the laws of God. If we will do those things, it will show in how our leaders vote. We have seen, you know, everyone's like, oh, we just got to get Republicans in there. You know, we've got to get Republicans in so they can get good Supreme Court justices. You know, and you know, when I think about that, you know, Ronald Reagan is one that the Fox News Baptists just praise more than anybody. But wasn't it Ronald Reagan that gave us Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I mean, one of the worst in the Supreme Court that we have today. It was Ronald Reagan, I believe. It was George W. Bush, you know, who had a Republican-controlled, you know, House and Senate. He gave us John Roberts that was the one that ended up giving us uh, Obamacare and basically taking away states' rights when it comes to health care. It was Kennedy who was supposed to be one of the good ones that was kind of the swing vote that gave us gay marriage. You know, it's, these people have proven over and over again it does not matter who the politicians are that are in office. What matters is where the people in the country are going. And the way we affect that it is on the ground out here. It is, it is in the churches and it is God's people when they leave the churches, what they do in their local communities, that is what makes the difference. And if we have bad politicians making bad laws and bad choices, it's because we are bad ourselves. And we have got to fix us. We've got to stand in the gap here in this earth. And I don't, I don't care who gets elected this, no, this November... If we don't get right as a people, our country is going to keep going down the toilet. 
I don't care if they vote every Democrat out. And it's all Republican. If we're not right as a people, we will continue going down the toilet. And listen, if you want to go out and vote, I don't have a problem with people voting. So, oh, you're voting for the lesser of two evils. Well, you know, here's the way I look at it. If I were to have somebody tell me, how, you know, we're going to execute you, you get a vote on how you're executed. You want to get burnt at the stake or do you want to get your head chopped off? I personally like to have a say in that. I'd rather get my head chopped off. Alright? And you know what? If I'm gonna, if, you know, if you want to vote for a Republican because you want to go down the toilet with people saying what you like to hear rather than them saying what you don't want to hear, then go ahead and vote Republican. Alright? I don't really care. I don't think it matters that much, but if it makes you feel better, go ahead and do it. I'm not gonna be mad at you either way. And I'm not gonna get up and tell you, you know, you're going to give an account to God for how you vote this November. I wouldn't want to be you on Judgment Day if you stay home. Really? You know, I mean, you got these horrible choices and I, I have to go and I gotta vote for some, some evil person. I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna go that far with people. Alright? I, I think we're taking that a little too far when we do that. But if it makes you feel better and you wanna do it, that's fine, alright? But that, listen, there's actually better ways to vote. And listen, I love my opinion. Alright? I think most of us love our opinions quite a bit. I always agree with my opinion. Most of the time. Uh, and I like to get my opinion out there. Alright? I like to, I like to express that. I mean, let me tell you something. I'm so strong in my opinions. Whenever, you know, a restaurant stops selling something that I like, Whenever I go there, I order it. Anyway, I continue ordering it. That way, eventually, you know, hopefully they'll bring it back on popular demand. And I'll t- I've, I've told my wife, I was trying to think what it was. You know, I'll tell her if she orders for me, it's like, make sure you ask for this. She's like, they don't have that anymore. I say, I don't care, ask for it. If, if people keep asking for these things, maybe they'll bring it back by popular demand. I saw the McRib is back, you know, and often after they get rid of the McRib, I will continue ordering the McRib. And I'm going to continue doing that until finally they just say, you know what, why don't we just keep that on the menu all year round? And that that's the way that's the way I am. And so how how can we vote? How can we make it count? Because I do I want my I think my opinion's better than everybody else's opinion. And so I want to make sure I get it out there, right? And since we are only allowed to vote once at the ballot box, if there's a way that I can make my opinion matter more and have more of an influence, I fully intend to take advantage of that. That's just how I am. And there's no reason why you can't do this either. So one of the ways that we vote, we vote on how we use our finances. Now, I'm going to tell you all something here that's going to surprise you. Do you realize what motivates a lot of our politicians is money? I don't know if you all knew that or not. And so are you saying we ought to give them money? No, I'm not saying we need to... Give them money. I'm not going to give them any money. But I am saying they watch how people spend their money. They track every bit of that stuff. How people spend their money, how people use their money, actually puts a vote out there. You see, the reason McDonald's keeps getting to make rib is obviously y'all aren't putting your money towards it. If they're selling them like crazy, they're going to keep it on the menu all around. That what you do with your money... How you spend it, it affects what other people do. And you know, we vote with our pocketbook all the time. And you know what? In your church, okay, that your, your church, it needs money. We need money to keep the lights on. But you know, many people are voting every week to shut the church down. You know how they do that? They vote, they vote that way by not giving. Listen, there are many churches out there that are in this community that since we've been out here have shut down. You know why they shut down? 
They couldn't afford to keep the lights on. They couldn't afford to keep up with the repairs of the place. You know what? Because people weren't given. Turn to Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Every pastor's favorite passage in the Bible. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me. Even this whole nation. People say, Well, that was an Old Testament thing bringing the tithes in. And listen, we do not enforce the tithes like they did back in the Old Testament. We do not come and take them from you. But it is very clear in the Bible that if you are ministered to in spiritual things, that those who are ministering to you in spiritual things should reap your carnal things. And listen, if you are being ministered to spiritually by this church, you should give towards it. Just like if I minister to you in your plumbing, you should pay me. Just like you pay your plumber, he's ministering to you. He's doing the work. The laborer is worthy of his reward. You all should pay that guy. You should pay the mechanic. You should pay all these people. And you know all these other people, they all use that power over you where they will send you a bill. We don't send you a bill in this church. We do not force these things but at the same time, if the work's being done, you know what? You ought to be giving. You ought to be participating in that. And you know what? It is It is a free will offering that we do here. We do not force it on anybody. But you know what? If everybody just decides, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to give. You know what? That's actually going to hurt what we're able to do. We're not going to be able to do some of the things that we would like to do. If you like it, you know us going on mission trips and doing more soldering and things, you know, some of these things they cost money. The materials we pass out they cost money. You know, do you, you know, some of you vote to get the electricity shut off here by not giving. You know, you vote, you vote to have the heat shut off. You vote to get rid of all these things by not giving. But what you do with your finances that shows what you care about, and it does. It makes a difference. It makes a difference in what's going to be done. You know why a lot of pastors are quitting? You know why there's so many preachers in this area that have they've come out here and they, they can barely stay for two years? A lot of it's because these guys aren't getting paid anything. These guys aren't being taken care of. The people in their churches are voting not to have any ministries. They try starting some kind of soul winning ministry or something. Everybody votes not to do it. And they don't do it in the ballot. They do it when they don't show up. A lot of people vote not to have Sunday night service and not to have Wednesday night service. You know how they vote? They vote by not showing up. They vote by not being there. They vote by not participating, by not giving. And listen, what the, the things that you give towards, where you spend your money on, or where you spend your money, it speaks loudly. It speaks loudly. But many people today, many churches are just like, you know what, we, just, we can't keep doing this anymore. People have voted that, you know, the movie theater is better and more important than the things of God. That their cable package with 400 channels is better. Their cell phones, whatever it is, having that nicer car, that's more important than missions. They voted to get rid of missions by not giving towards it. How, what you do with your, your finances, it speaks loudly and it, it makes a big difference and we ought to be willing to participate in that. The finances, where, where we spend our money, it shows what's important to us. Okay, one thing that we know is extremely important to people in this country are things like cell phones. Okay, think about think about how much money people spend on cell phones. How much they cost, 
how much the monthly bill is, bills are. Cell phones are expensive, but you know what? People will pay for them. Why? Because it's important to them. And so think about this, all right? We like to make fun of Brother Jerry's antique phone that he has, his little flip phone that you got to like push numbers like three times to get the letter you want, the text. We all like to laugh at that, you know? And we're, we're you know, it's, it's like an antique. But you know what? Do you know why we have smartphones like we do today? Because people spend a lot of money on those antique phones, like Brother Jerry's got. I was telling our kids about the Blackberries. Remember when the Blackberry was the rage? All right. Now that Blackberry, it like went in, came in style fast, and it went out of style real fast too, didn't it? Because I think it was the iPhone that came out after that and just destroyed the Blackberry. But do you realize why cell phone computer technology has gotten so good in the last several years? Because people have been spending a lot of money on it. And so people are like, you know what? Hey, let's improve this. Let's make it better. Because it, because the money's the money's coming in. You know why churches are getting so lame today? Because people decided it's not important. People have quit voting with it. They have t- they've pulled their money out of it. And so you know what? They're just going downhill. And people don't want to participate. And you know what? If you want these things to be better, help them be successful. All right, help these things succeed, and we do that with our finances. What we spend money on, it shows what we really care about. Turn back to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter, I've, I've got a lot of stuff I'm wanting to cover in this message. I'm probably, I, I probably won't even finish the message, but I'm just going to get as far as I can in this. But in Haggai chapter 1, we see, and I'm not going to read the whole passage to you, but the prophet here, he's, he's getting on to them because of the fact that, you know, here they, Israel is, they've been, they've let things lie waste. Got, you know, they've let the house of the Lord fall apart. And look what it says in verse 1. Or let's start reading in verse uh, 2. It says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, It is time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Therefore, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages, to put it into a bag with holes. And I'm going to stop reading right there. Now, this time, when God brought the children of Israel back into the land from their captivity, that Cyrus, he had told them that they could go ahead and rebuild their temple and get everything going, but Israel kept delaying. They kept putting it off. They kept making excuses. And so God sent prophets to come along and kind of shake them up and say, hey, listen, you've been given an opportunity. Let's take advantage of it. But you know what? They were all taking care of, while they were all taking care of their houses, they were letting the house of the Lord lie waste. You know what that was showing? It was showing where their focus was. Their focus was on just getting materials for themselves, the physical, but they didn't really care about the spiritual things. And so you know what God did? God brought a leanness to their soul. We see that God, you know, He said, you know, you're putting your wages into a bag with holes in it. And so while they're doing good financially, they weren't enjoying it. And is that not where we're at in our country today? I mean, think about it. Think about just how blessed we are, the things we have, the technology that we have, the cars that we drive, but yet are Americans satisfied today? I mean, think about what we, the, the, the things that we have. Think about what we are able to do, but yet Americans are not satisfied. Why do you think that is? 
You know, I'll tell you why. Because it's God that brings that satisfaction. It's God that brings fulfillment. And we've got a lot of people today, they're taking all their finances and they're pouring it all into the things of this world. They're pouring it all into the stuff, into the cars and the cell phones and the computers and all these, all this junk. And they're thinking, these things will make me happy. These things will bring me fulfillment. But in the meantime, they're not going to spend a dollar on the things of God. They're not going to give a dollar towards missions. They're not going to help other people out. And they wonder why they're not enjoying it. And it's like they just can't get enough money. In fact, it's like they're. Anybody ever felt like you've been your your wallet had a hole in it? I've had to check my wallet a few times. Like, like really, what what happened? To all that money that was there, you know. And you know, it's it's the way we feel sometimes. You know what? That's something that God does to us. And that means our priorities are wrong. And we see that that's what was going on in Israel. And God saw that. God saw where they were spending, where their money was going. God saw where their focus was, and because it was a bad focus, God did not allow them to enjoy the things that He had. So, where you, you know, the way you spend your money, it says a great deal. It speaks loudly. People pay attention to it. People listen to it. Businesses pay attention to it. And we do. We vote with how we spend our money. But you know, we also vote with our presence. Alright, we vote by showing up. We see in Hebrews ten twenty four it says, you know, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is, but so much the more and exhorting one another as you see the day approaching. We that your your presence speaks loudly. Can you imagine and I would love to see this happen one of these days, when some politician or some presidential candidate goes to speak somewhere, what is it that often gets a lot of attention? The crowd, right? You know, and can you imagine in this next election, if Trump or whoever runs against him shows up at a rally somewhere and nobody's there? Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, wouldn't that just wouldn't that be awesome for no one to show up for a presidential candidate? It was rumored when he announced his run for president that all these I think it was at one of his factories or something, they were saying like he paid everybody to show up there. And and you know, I wouldn't put that past them. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Afterwards it caught on. I think his crowds were real. And you know what? The news media tried to ignore how big his crowds were. The news media tried to ignore the difference in a Trump crowd and a Hillary crowd. You know why? Because they know that people's presence speaks loudly. And you know one of the reasons people don't think church is important anymore because they see the empty parking lots. They see that people are clearly voting to just get rid of church. You know, I thank God for, you know, we have a full parking lot. That's a blessing. That's a good testimony. People see that and it tells them, hey, something's going on there. People actually appreciate this church. When we first started this church, when we started Sunday night service, I was just telling somebody about this. Uh, on Sunday nights at first, it was usually just us and the Menezes. Two cars here. We had somebody show up one time. He comes driving up and just pulled in the parking lot and turned around. Told somebody later, I didn't think they were having service. Why is that? There was only two cars here. Hey, we were, we were still having service. There was still preaching going on. But it's like when they see that nobody's participating, it must not be important. Now, they should have come anyway, but that's just, that's just how some carnal people are. And you all understand, your presence says something. When we get visitors in here, okay, it's going to mean something if there's a lot of people here versus 
nobody here. Have you ever? Has anybody ever gone to a church service where you're like the only one there? I, 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 we visited a few churches like that before where it's real awkward, you know. And it's just like, you know, you kind of want to just go in and blend in sometimes and not be noticed. And you know, but when you go into a church like that, you're going to get noticed, you know, especially if you have a big family like we do. And it's, it, it, it's kind of an awkward thing. But I'm telling you, your presence says something. And you need to realize that means something and that you are important. And if, if you like what's going on here, if you like what's being done here, if you want this church to be successful, you know how you can help? Show up. Be there. If you want the soul wanting to be successful, you know what? Show up for it. If you want the services to be successful, show up. Be there. That, that means a lot. It makes a big difference. And so when it comes to voting... Other people see that there's a lot of people there just kind of on the fence, so they don't pay attention, and they do. They notice a big crowd when it comes to a candidate, and that's why these people work so hard to try to get big crowds there. That says something. It means something. So, and I want my vote to be more than just me just marking something on a ballot. All right. And so, if my presence can help with something and make something successful, I want to do it. I want to be there, and that that makes a huge difference. We need. To show up, it shows us too. You know, your presence, it shows you're in favor of what's going on in this place. You know, if I see you going into a restaurant, you know, I'm just going to assume you like the food that's there. Now, turn over to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 6. This is talk, says in, uh, talking about Lot here. It says, "...in turning the uh, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that should after..." Uh, should live ungodly and deliver just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Lot, here he is, he's actually a saved person, but his presence is actually with the wrong crowd, and he is clearly not doing anything about it. He's not saying anything about it. He's not making a difference. He's not standing in the gap. You had a lot of righteous men there, but God couldn't find ten righteous people in the city. What does that tell you? It tells you He's not spreading the Word. He's just there, but not saying anything. And we see another way that we speak loudly is by, or the way we, our vote can matter more is by speaking up. By saying something. You know, I am baffled. It's just the stupidity I hear in just random conversations sometimes. Okay? You know, whether it be at work, you know, in the break room, you'll hear people talking because they always have the news on and, you know, it's always CNN in there. And occasionally I'll just hear some coworkers across the room, you know, start responding to whatever they just saw in the news. And I will just hear, I mean, some really foolish things. And I'm like, I'm embarrassed that I work with people this stupid. All right, you know. Uh, obviously, you don't have to be smart to have this job. And, you know, and it's just like, you know, I'm not saying we should go jump in in every conversation. But, occasionally, I've had people say these things to me. And, you know what? I don't have to sit there and politely shake my head and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, Hillary's awesome. You know, yeah, I hope Bernie Sanders runs in, you know, the 2020. I, I don't have to put up with that. I, I'm going to say something. I want my vote to count. And if I don't like how somebody's going to vote, I want to make them feel bad about it and hopefully they'll stay home. All right? you know, back when I was a Fox News Baptist, I got really caught up into the uh, John Kerry and George Bush election. 
And it was mostly because I had a coworker that I hated that was a huge John Kerry fan. I was like, I, I want to see. I, I put a George W. Bush sign in my yard. I'm embarrassed by that, but I did it. I, I, had, I had it in my yard, and man, I, wa- I wanted him to win so bad. And we were always we were always going back and forth and, and arguing about these things. And uh, you know, I would just I, I was always just kind of wanting to chime in and just defend the defend the stuff and, and speak up. And just the, you know, I, I look back and the foolishness that came out of my mouth is pretty embarrassing. But at the same time, you know, I wanted to vote and I wanted to do more than vote. You know, I, I got, and it's amazing how we'll get so caught up in politicians. But the things that we know really matters, we're just dead silent about it. You know, we won't speak up if people are blaspheming in the name of Christ. You know, we won't speak up if people are, you know, promoting a false gospel and a works-based salvation. We just sit there silently. And you understand, you know, your silence can often speak very loud. It often speaks of approval. You have Lot in the story. He is dwelling among the people of Sodom. He's seeing and hearing what they're doing. He's dwelling among them, but he clearly is not saying anything about it. He's not doing anything to try to stop the wickedness that's going on there. And so you know what? Everybody just felt fine in doing it. But when we do, when we speak out against things, it often will make it will often convict people. And I remember during that election time, one of the things that I did, I had a couple coworkers that were, you know, I was, I'd be asking, "Who are you going to vote for?" And I'm going, "Well, you know, my wife's saying that we should vote for John Kerry." And I was like, "Man, yeah, don't vote for John Kerry." And he's like, oh, I, I, "I talked to this one. He's like, I really don't know." And I said, "Well, listen, you know, if, if you just don't really know, you're probably better off not voting. You know, I'm just trying to get him not to vote." Because I better him just not vote to vote for John Kerry, you know, and that's just kind of, that's kind of how I was. I'm trying to like guilt him, and and all that, you know, and you know, I'm not saying that we're just trying to guilt trip people, but let me tell you something. Speaking the truth of the Word of God, it's going to bring conviction, and that's good. All right, speaking the Republican Party talking points, you know, that's not the same as speaking the Word of God. Alright. And that's what we need to do. We need to speak the word of God and we need we need to say something about these things. We need to tell and the same thing when it comes to uh, you know, just spreading the gospel. You know, we do that with our mouth. We speak up, we say something, and it's like some people today, they're just they're afraid to let anything that sounds Christian come out of their mouth. We're seeing a lot of pastors today. They're trying to make the churches more trendy. We were just talking about this tonight. I'll be speaking about this a little bit tonight. They're always trying to update terminology. And they're always trying to use words that don't sound religious, things that don't make people uncomfortable. But listen, if people are lost and on their way to hell, that should make them uncomfortable. And we need to try to find a way, you know, we're not trying to just, you know, use scare tactics, but you know what? Isn't hell a scare tactic? I mean, that's pretty scary, isn't it? And it's not a threat, alright? It's a reality. If people don't get saved, that's where they're going to spend eternity. And we've got to say something about that. And what we say, it means so much. And it does. It means a lot more than just checking off a box somewhere and sticking it in a machine. I don't even know if I trust those things. I, I really don't. You know what? I, if you look at a map of Illinois by county, most of Illinois is a red county or Republican. But you know Whiteside County usually goes blue? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we're a blue county. But yet, we always are. 
I think somebody's messing with the voting things over there. I don't know. But, you know I can't prove it, and I really don't. I really don't care. All right, I, I, I really don't. But, but you know what I am going to do? I'm going to continue speaking up about these things. All right, and you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. One of the things you're always going to hear, see news articles about, and stuff is about talking politics at Thanksgiving dinner. All right. Now I don't bring up politics at Thanksgiving dinner, but when stupidity comes up at Thanksgiving dinner, I don't just sit there and nod my head. All right, and that's just kind of the rule uh, in my family. I don't bring thing up controversial things, but if somebody says something really stupid to me, I'm going to I'm going to say. It. And when it comes to social media and stuff, I'm, I put my opinion out there. I'm probably going to make some people mad. I fully intend to do another Fox News Baptist uh, video about voting this week. And if you know if people don't like that, you know, they you know that's fine. They don't have to watch that stuff. But I'm sorry. Once again, I agree with my opinion. Alright? I like my opinion. And if I want to speak up and I want to use technology and things to get it out there, I'm going to do that. That's more important. I want to be an influence to this country. And one thing that I think would help this country greatly is if the Fox News Baptists stopped depending on Republicans to save this country and started trying to spread the gospel and make a difference in their own communities by soul winning, by preaching the truth. That would make a big, that would make a big difference. But so, you know, how we spend our money, where we show up, our presence, what we say, these things make a difference, but then not just that, and just real quick, I'm not even going to spend any time on this, but just our, our actual participation in things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see how it talks about how the, body, how, the, how the church is like a body. And your body has many parts. And listen, for things to work, we've got to have all working parts. If I, if I want to have an effective body that can do the work that needs to be done, it's going to help if I've got my right arm. I don't want to lose any of my body parts. It will affect what I can do. And you all are a part of the body of this church. And the things that you do, it affected. If I lost my right arm, I could no longer play the guitar. And you know what? There are some things that we need to do as a church, but if you decide to vote with your absence or to just vote by not participating, there's going to be things that we're not able to do. There are some things I think that we should be doing as a church, but we can't because some of our body parts aren't working. Some of our body parts have fallen asleep. Have you ever woke up before and on your arm and you couldn't move it? You know, and you and you got to try to. I've done that a few times. I've been laying on both of my arms and I can't move either of them. I got to kind of try to roll over. It's really awkward when that happens. All right, your arms go to sleep, and you know what? I think we've got some body parts around here that are kind of numb. All right, we need to get some blood flowing through them again. That way they can start working. We can do the things we need to do. Sometimes we look like, and the things we're trying to do in this church, like we're trying to get out of bed without our arms, and it doesn't look very good, and it doesn't work real well. But you know what? We got to do what we got to do. And a lot of there's a lot of people they'll show up in church and they'll sit around and they'll complain about everything. Well, why don't we do have this going on in the church? I'll tell you why because. You're the part of the body that you're probably doing it, and you're asleep. You're ineffective. You're not doing it. It's amazing all the things that people think the pastor could do. You know, and most of the time when people come, Pastor, why don't we do this in the church? That's usually code for Pastor, why don't you do this in the church? And you know, don't be offended when you come to me with that. And I was like, 
you know, I know why we're not doing it. Because you're not doing it. If you think that's what needs to be done, go ahead and do it. That's, that's the attitude we ought to have. And I'm afraid many people today, they are just they are voting loudly by just not participating. Okay? I would like to exercise a lot more. I'd like to run a lot more, but my legs just don't want to. You know, you've got to get them to cooperate. Right? And, you know, and there are, there's a lot of things I'd like to do in this church as a pastor, but we've got some body parts that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. They're being lazy. They got a lot of excuses. Oh, my knee hurts. You know, oh, my foot hurts or whatever. No, hey, just get over it. Do what you're supposed to do. And if you don't, if you don't, you know, show up, if you don't participate, some things just aren't going to work. And you know what? There might come a time where we're just like, I guess we're just not going to do that as a church. And now, there's a ministry that we basically voted out of our church, not because we went and voted out on ballot. But because nobody showed up. You know why a lot of churches today don't have soul winning in them? Because the church voted it out. And you know what? They didn't vote it out by all signing a ballot saying, should we get rid of soul winning? And people put no. In most Baptist churches today, if you had a business meeting and said, should we eliminate soul winning from the church? Yes or no? 100% of those churches would mark yes. But you know what? It got voted out, not by a ballot. It got voted out when people just stopped showing up. It got voted out when people just quit doing it. And finally, they're just like, what's the point? Let's not even put it in the announcements. Let's not even put it in the bulletin or on the program. Nobody's doing it. And it got voted out, not by a ballot. And you all realize that there are a lot of things that are going to be on the ballot this November. And we've seen this over and over again too. How many times have they tried to do things around here in town where they're wanting to increase our sales tax. And that gets voted down, but then it gets passed anyway. Somehow they still get it to go through. Every state where they tried legalizing gay marriage through a vote, it got voted down, but it still went through anyway, didn't it? You know why? Because those ballot votes don't really mean anything. It's the way we act every day. It's the way we participate in society every day. And we participate with our finances and with our presence and with our participation and with the things that we say. These are the things that make a difference. Not filling in a hole on a paper and sticking it through a machine. And if you want to do that, go ahead. I don't have a problem with you doing that. So I like my opinion so much, you know. I, I at least, if, it's, if the number says, you know, 6,002 votes, you know, I like to know that, hey, that one of those is mine. You know, and plus, I love to complain. And I just kind of feel bad about complaining. And I don't even, I don't even know if, I don't even know what's on the ballot for this coming one. But I mean, I am going to tell you right now, when it comes to the things that really matter, I'm going to be all over it. I'm going to participate and where my, with my finances, with my mouth, with my participation, when McDonald's gets rid of the McRib again, I'm going to go through that drive-thru several times and I'm going to order it. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to say, you need to get that back. And, you know, you know they, they might, it's different workers all the time. I want them all telling their managers. I got people all the time asking. You know, they're getting mad and cussing me. And I don't cuss anybody out, but, you know, they, they get all mad when we don't have it. I do that. You know what else I do? Often when I see things on the menu that looks like a really good meal and they don't put the price on it, that usually means it's expensive. You know what I do? Sometimes I don't even want it. I say, how much is that one meal on the sign there? And they're like, $9. That's too expensive. 
and then I order something else. You know what I'm doing? I'm letting them know they're asking too much for that. I want them to lower the price. And I'm telling my opinions count. I went to a KFC in LaSalle. They had a KFC there. I'm not lying. The food was great, but the place was a dump. I mean, the grease was everywhere. I left the behind print in the seat when I stood up because the seat was so greasy. I'm not lying. It was that bad. Now, we were so disgusted by how gross the place was. I filled out a comment card, and I said I put all great things about the food, but then on cleanliness and stuff, I put all the worst things. And on comments, I said, your food's great, but this place is a dump. I recommend you burn it down and start all over. <laughs> Not lying, next week we drove by there, it was gone. They didn't burn it down, but they tore it down and they rebuilt it. And I take credit for that KFC to this day. So maybe filling out ballots does make a difference. But um, and so and you know what, McDonald's they don't have comment cards anymore, and that ticks me off. And that's why the place is going downhill because I'm not. You know, they took away our right to vote. It's just, but uh, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked in this stuff now. But y'all, I hope you all will realize. What you do, what you say, it makes a difference. And let's get involved. Let's let our, get our opinions out there. And don't just think about it in November every year. All year round, what you do, it makes a difference. And so, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness to us. Dear God, I pray You'll help us to make a difference in this country. Lord, I pray You'll help us change things in this community. Lord, not by what we do at the ballot box, but by what we do every day. Lord, how we spend our money, how we participate, where we go things we do, I pray you'll help us to make a difference. I pray you'll help us to just speak up, help us uh, let the world know about you, help us spread the gospel, and help us just do great things for you. I pray we won't be dependent on Washington, but we'll depend on you. And I pray that you will uh, give us, continue to give us leaders that reflect our society, and I pray that we'll change our society so we will have good leaders that will make the right choices. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand.